Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And today, like always, I'm joined with my husband and co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how are you feeling? I'm doing great. Babe, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, it's finally not 102 degrees here. It was just that yesterday. And let me tell you, I am thankful for the 78 degrees right now. So praise the Lord for the temperature. I will take it. (laughs) It's it's amazing. And we're here in season four, episode 10 today. That's right. Here with a special treat. And Micah, do you just want to share maybe how could people who are listening get involved? Yeah, you can definitely get involved. First and foremost, getting involved looks like becoming a listener, obviously, on um, Spotify. You can look at, where's the other ones? Yeah, iTunes. iTunes, Google Play. Google Play, that's the one I always you listen forget. to podcasts, Google for Play sure. is what I forget. But we also want you to get involved to help us rate this podcast. Give us a star, one to five, how we can improve. We're lifelong learners. We always want to hear from the audience of what they're learning, what God's downloading, but also what can make this better. And if you have any ideas how we can do that, please let us know. But we were just encouraged this morning by uh, one of our listeners, and this is from Lanita. And I just want to read what she says. She said, hey, y'all, I love that. I'm about to cry just from gratitude. I've been looking for resources for years for young adult leaders, and I haven't found anything until now. Keep up the good work, and thank you. Wow. So, Lenita, we thank you that you are listening, that God so is cool. providing so you with materials that we're being used. So we just pray that you continue to be obedient, Lenita, as well as any one of our listeners. So go download, rate us, review us. Subscribe. We'd love to hear from Definitely. you. So I Josiah, it. I don't want to waste any more time because I know he's just been tickled pink this whole week knowing that this guest is somebody that we have been after for the last six months. So we're glad the time has come. And without further ado, he's already blushing on the other end. I can see him, but you can only <laughs> hear us right now. So Josiah, who is that special guest today? So cool. Today, Micah, listeners, um, I'm pumped because we're joined by Pastor Chris Cruz. Chris is the young adult pastor at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Just when I say Bethel and the city Redding, so many amazing things. Mm -hmm. There are newspapers, blog articles about the amazing things that God's doing Mm -hmm. through Bethel Church and it's impacting Redding and it's impacting um, people's like living rooms. I just think of all the times that we're like rocking Aurora, our little new daughter, Mm -hmm. and we just put on some Bethel worship and just like, in our living room, mm-hmm. it can help us enter the throne room. And so it's a great church led by Pastor Bill Johnson and Tribe Young Adult Ministry is the next generation of young people at Bethel Ready. Pastor Chris is also the author of a great new book called The Practice of Being with Jesus, which is a daily path into God's presence. So let's, we'll dive into a conversation about the book, mm-hmm. about the ministry, and really, Chris, about your life. So welcome to the show. Thanks for saying yes. Hello. Yeah. Stoked to be here. I'm glad we finally got it to work out. That's I'm right. I'm excited. Be a lot of fun. All right. So we're just going to kick us off right away, Chris. Are you ready for this? We want to talk about you right away. So okay. can you just start off by sharing with us and the audience your story, your journey of life, whether it's faith, leadership, and family with us mm-hmm. today? Like, can you show us a little glimpse into yeah. your life? Okay. Well, I've been in Reading for about 12 years now. So I came in 2007. 
Um, but uh, I'm originally from the East Coast. I'm originally from New Jersey. Uh, and I had a radical encounter with God in New Jersey that changed everything about my life in a living room, you know, about eight or so people. Um, I'm so thankful for those that are obedient to those kinds of gatherings, not looking for stadiums, right? I'm yeah. so thankful for those people because those that are willing to do work when it's 10 people there can lead to somebody's life being so dramatically changed. And, and that's my story is that someone who is obedient to doing a group of 10 people or so, my parents included, that I randomly stumbled upon, um, changed my life forever with a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit uh, that took me from just not wanting anything to do with Jesus to being completely infatuated in overnight. And so um, from that experience, uh, I eventually found out about Bethel School that they have here. Uh, so I found out about BSSM and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go do that. And so I moved across the country, left good pizza and cheesesteaks behind. <laughs> and the thing I miss the most, but we were like, people ask me, do you miss New Jersey? I say, I miss pizza and I miss cheesesteaks. That's about it. Um, yeah. yeah, just good food. Um, moved, moved here in 2007. I did school of ministry in 2007. Uh, at that time I met uh, my wife and we dated throughout school. Um, she's from Canada. And so we, Dated through all our years at uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Um, I after my second year, so I came and I I came here when I was twenty. So in two thousand seven, I was twenty, and um, I did our our first year program. I did our second year program, and then after our second year program, there's an opportunity for you to do like a third year or so, or an internship kind of thing. Um, and at that point, I was planning to do one. I was trying to get all kind of my ducks in a row for that, and what ended up happening was they offered me a job in the school. And so I got asked to become one of the pastors in the school. And so at 22, everyone in the school is either my age or older than me. Um, I've got all the scars on my face from that experience of being a young pastor thrown into the deep end of a, like a 800 plus school of students and just learning how to pastor and learning how to uh, grow people. Uh, so I spent, about seven years as a pastor in the school of ministry here, teaching students, teaching classes. Um, uh, we run these things called revival groups, which are about groups are about 60 or so. And each one has a pastor over that group. And that's what one of the roles I had was over a group of 60. So um, we did that. And then the last year we did that. My wife and actually my wife and I, Lana, we did it together. And so we, we ended up um, pastoring that group together the last year and um, I did part-time uh, with that so that I could actually do part-time young adult ministry with Jeremy Riddle as he started our young adult ministry here. Amazing. And so I was with Jeremy helping us start that young adult ministry. And then we had our first kid, Solomon. And then um, he, he was born and then we transitioned completely out of school and into full-time uh, young adult pastor. And so then I was been doing that for almost gosh, almost four years or so. My son's going to turn five this year. And so, and then we had our second daughter, I said, sorry, our second child, our daughter, Pearl. And um, in this last year or so, um, my wife has joined on to our team and she's always been there at, at our young adult ministry. But in the last few years, she's jumped in to um, teaching and preaching and uh, coming alongside me and leading the young adults together. So she's a big part of that. And so we, that's what we do now. Um, and that's, where we're at right now and 
in the middle of COVID with two little kids can't go anywhere, but the restrictions have lifted a little bit totally. in California, at least. Thanks so much for just sharing about your life yeah. and journey, yeah. literally coast to coast. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. your story is still a narrative that Jesus is penning. Yeah. Prolifically mm -hmm. and prophetically writing the pages of your mm -hmm. story. And one of the things that jumped out to me because it was a point mm -hmm. of relation, I started being a young adult pastor. I think I was 21 or 22. Yeah, wow. Church I grew up at. And mm -hmm. I was on staff there for seven years. And the whole time I was leading people and at least half of the group at all times was older than I was. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, everyone else was maybe two, three years younger, just a few yeah. years younger. Yeah. And so like we Micah experienced that in North Dakota, mm. you know, being a part of a great young yeah. ministry there. I think that point, Chris will resonate with a lot of people yeah. listening, even why they're picking up this podcast is like, mm. help, I'm in charge. I'm leading. I, I yeah. don't know what to do. And spiritually, practically, scripturally, like we want to provide just mm -hmm. a resource. And so can you talk about what was your experience like? What is mm. that been like navigating through that normal part of young adult ministry? Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, there's, when I think about being a younger leader and leading people who are either the same age as you or older than, or a little older than you, um, there's, there's a couple things that go into my mind about it, but um, recognizing like, all right, you're, you're, it's, it's not about whether your age qualifies you or not. It's about, all right, God has asked me to lead. Mm -hmm. And false humility um, doesn't look for people to follow them. So they false humility rejects people actually following. They go, oh, you know what? You don't need to, you don't need to follow me. You don't need to like I'm. But true humility embraces influence and understands like, all right, I'll be able to really lead here. So I think when we're when we're thinking about young leaders, I had to man i went through the ringer on a, a, a quite a few things being younger with everyone my age and a lot of people older than me in the school um but you you start to recognize all right i have to figure out if i'm gonna who i'm gonna lead just like not obviously we have the prodigal son story so we we have the older brother analogy in our mind as like a bad thing i'm not saying that i'm saying older brother and simply the fact that you're just an older brother mm -hmm. and that you're or an older sister so there's an element of my journey recognizing that i'm i'm just an older brother that mm -hmm. I'm just to some people, the leadership role I have is that older brother, that, that person alongside them, but just a little bit more uh, ahead there. And so um, when I'm, when I'm thinking for young leaders, it's recognizing, all right, um, you, you can only go so far with that paradigm. Like, mind you, like there's only so much you can do with the, I'm, um, I'm because at some point, the way that I would describe it is at some point, you're going to lead like a mother or a father, wow. despite you being a young one. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't make, like, say, for example, you guys had your, your child at 18. Mm -hmm. And it, would, it wouldn't make sense to say you're not a mom or a dad. Not at all. <laughs> despite you actually having a child at 18. And so it doesn't mean that you're an experienced father or mother it doesn't mean you have years of knowledge under your belt it just means that you um that you like that you're you're a young father or mother and so i think that's a, an important thing for people to recognize that like 
when you're starting to get to that space, you're no longer like, you're no longer, um, you think differently when you're a father or mother, your goals are different and you're, the way that you grow people is different. Uh, there's a, there's a great camaraderie that comes from brother, sister. I'm just an older brother along that journey. And then there's also some really destructive paradigms that can come into play when you just rely on that too much, which those, those destructive paradigms are com competition. Those destructive paradigms are when your inability to celebrate people's growth, yep. your, um, your, uh, your, your fear that to promote someone means that you're going to disappear. Um, that, you know, that you have unreachable standards that those around you feel like they can't actually accomplish anything of significance because you're regularly in the mix with them and you're not feeling like you can celebrate them because to celebrate them is there's not enough celebration to go around. So I got to make sure I keep mine and can't give you any. And, and um, the unreachable standards of an of a unhealthy paradigm of an older brother or sister is that they never are doing good enough. There's that, there's the, the younger preacher will preach from that perspective of conviction. So they're trying to, what they're, they, they, they're looking to bring genuine change in people's lives. Like, I don't ever doubt that. I'm like, no, you're genuinely desiring to bring change, but the only way you know to bring change is by trying to convict. And that's mm -hmm. unnecessary. And it's, it's, it's a struggle for young leaders because they'll preach from that place. They'll teach from that place. And they'll teach from a place that people aren't where they should be. They're, they'll teach from like, oh, you just need, you need to do more. You need to try you know, like harder or let's just call out the crap in you and convict you for a bit so that you can see how serious you need to get about things. And they'll like, they just lack wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, that's the part of the journey is going, recognizing you're not going to like, I tell people don't learn it, learn it, teach it, then live it. It's learn it, live it, teach it. Oh, good. And so wisdom is in the live it part. And so for young leaders, they'll read any new book on anything and then they'll want to teach it tomorrow. Uh, and the, the, it's that, that's not the journey you want to go on. You want it to become you. You want to embody it as a young leader before you teach it. And so that takes patience. That takes the long game. So you, you have to have a grab bag is what I tell a lot of young leaders. Your grab bag is the stuff you know you embody. Wow. And I love you, that. That you live. You're like, this is mine. This is where I have actually fought the lion and the bear when no one is watching. This is when I, where I've done those things so that when Goliath comes my way, I can defeat Goliath because I have the confidence of my victory over the lion and the bear. And so David can't, David refuses to use Saul's armor because he's inexperienced with Saul's armor. He's experienced mm -hmm. with his own tools. And so for young leaders, they have to learn how to, in the secret, in the hidden seasons of life, gain those victories where no one is watching, no one's giving them fame, no one's giving them accolades, no one's giving them uh, praises and that they're learning what it is to strengthen themselves in the Lord alone. And then from there, um, they'll have a confidence from their grab bag. Like, these are the things I know. And you may go, I, if I, you're, some people, their grab bag is like, I just met Jesus and somehow I'm a leader. So my grab bag is like this big, super small. And you're like, I only know a few things, but I'm like, teach the heck out of those things and then let people know that you're on a journey too. Don't try to ever, don't try to ever convince people that you're further along than you actually are. Mm. And the, the risk of the internet is for people to actually, um, to make themselves appear bigger than they actually are. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just recognizing like, I got to have that season. So then you just, you, from there, you just use what your, your grab bag is and you go, okay, I have these things I can teach from until I start to really incorporate those other things. So as young leaders, I think there's a, a risk and a, or a fear that they won't have enough to say either. Um, I have so much to say about this topic. I don't want to dominate the rest of your podcast with this, but the, like, I have so much to say about how young leaders can lead people alongside them, how they can lead people uh, above them. Um, in age and experience and recognize that you're there not because God has um, qualified you to mm-hmm. be there. Not because, I'm mean, sorry, not because you're, you're qualified, but because God has qualified you to be there. God has so, said you're yeah. meant to be there, not because you're the most skilled. Right. I think that's, I think that's a big hurdle for young leaders to overcome is they feel it's a skill game. And so then they all feel if they're in the position that must mean they're the most skilled and then they, I'm like, no, you're not the most skilled and you need to acknowledge that this isn't because you're the most skilled. This is because God has asked you to lead, right. not because you're the most qualified to lead. And so I think that's a, a healthy paradigm to get is to recognize, oh, I'm not here because I'm the most skilled. That way I can actually empower people who are more skilled than me because it's not right. about that. Chris, that's so good. I think that's an amazing reminder as whether you're young or old, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're in a form of leadership to recognize mm-hmm. that we're called by God, we need to respond to that calling mm-hmm. and learn how to steward those characteristics along the way. Like overnight, mm-hmm. we're not just going to arrive and just become yeah. the best teacher, the best preacher, the best, you know, no. fill in the blank. But I mean, I think about First Timothy 4.12 and it says, don't yeah. let look down on you because you're young, but exactly. set an example mm-hmm. for the believers yeah. in your speech, conduct, love, and faith, yeah. and purity. Exactly, yeah. You know, like you may know the calling. The ultimate thing is, yeah, I am young and I am a leader. Okay, mm-hmm. don't look down on me. Okay, but yeah. you have to finish that with but set an example, and that through yeah. that example, yeah. those are the yeah. characteristics that God is going to work on from your leadership, mm-hmm. your insecurities, um, yeah, revealing you know your spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. whatever they are. So mm-hmm. I know that you've had a lot of experience throughout the last um, well eight to ten years with young adults. Mm-hmm. And- just how God has developed your character and then put you in a position of leadership as mm-hmm. a young adult pastor. So can you tell yeah. the listener and tell us a little about the tribe young adults that you are currently leading um, with, with your wife, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tribe is a, so tribe we meet on Tuesday night. So Reading is not a college town. We don't have a college. We have a, you know, we have Simpson university, which is a Christian university, but it's not very big. And then we have a community college, which is, that wasn't, isn't very big either. And so we're not a big college town. Um, and so we have a, a young adult ministry that meets on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that we do is we, we know that um, like the way that we, the way that we perceive it and say it is that we, we know that we want to help young adults encounter God, find life in God's presence and begin making change. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's our paradigm. We want them to encounter God, f- find life in his presence, and then begin making change. And so in that, we recognize that Jesus is the key for that. So we create space on Tuesdays to encounter him. So that's our paradigm of our gatherings. Like we're creating space for you to encounter Jesus here. So we have this, uh, and we say encounter, we mean it could be just a moment in his presence that changes you forever. It could be the most dramatic experience of your life. It could be the most subtle. We're not, we're not trying to say that it needs to be shake, rattle and roll on the floor. What we're saying is that you would actually come in contact with God in which you now are going to begin to find life in his presence. And then you're going to begin to have what you need to make change in your life and make change around you. And 
in that we meet uh, on three Tuesdays of the month, we meet in a big gathering. And then one Tuesday of the month, we meet in homes. And so we have four homes that are basically little small house churches. And yep. those house churches meet uh, monthly with our, with our young adults. And they're, those are um, four of my pastors that are on my team. And we, uh, we meet with them every week. They're all volunteers. So I fully get the volunteer world. Um, my team is all volunteers. Um, and we, um, we have our, our dream team of people. They're just a high caliber young adults who have signed on to be a part and help us. And so there's about 30 to 40 of those people who are on our team that kind of create the leadership teams of these homes. Um, and then they're the team we pull on for everything that we do. And so um, the, those people are like the first group that we're, we're investing in. Like that's the first, yeah. like my time goes to them first. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're the people that I'm like, all right, I want to spend time with you. I want to develop you. I want to grow you. And specifically, I looked for young pastors who wanted to be in ministry. I was like, I want, and you don't have an opportunity right now. And I want to give you an opportunity and I want to help coach you through this process and, and help lead you into being a, a pastor. So getting them feedback, um, helping them get opportunity within our own settings and going, all right, you're going to do this today and I'll get, help you coach you through that. And so really I have a high level, a high level of love for these people. And mm -hmm. I've told them that the way that I see it is um, Jesus said something about his disciples to the father at, at the, towards the end of his life on earth. He said that uh, I will be glorified in them. And Jesus, Jesus, Jesus decided that his validity of leadership and his heart, the glory he would receive from God, not from other people, from God was going to be in how he loved these people. And so for me, my first thing with the Lord is going, all right, am I doing a good job loving the people you've given to me? That's what Jesus says, whom you have given to me. I'm not looking to be the best person to everybody in writing mm -hmm. because not everybody in writing is given to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, these people are. And so I'm going to love them in the, the ways that you've asked me to love them. So I look at leadership not as a position, but a responsibility. And so I'm, I'm going, all right, this group of people that I'm meant to help uh, become who they're called to become, they're the ones I'm going to have coffee with. They're, not that our young adults who come on a Tuesday don't have access to have coffee with me or right. that I won't have coffee with them. That's always going to be a part of the reality of what I do. But my first investment of energy and love and support is this group of people. Yep. I think that's a model that you just talked about of the responsibility, the mantle of leadership mm -hmm. that's going yeah. to help and resonate with a, a large number of listeners because thinking back one step to we were just talking about like arrival in leadership. Yeah. So, okay, mm -hmm. so you're here, arrival yeah. doesn't qualify you. And mm -hmm. then on the flip side, like age, yeah, simply a number. We all have an age and age yeah. doesn't qualify you. Mm -hmm. It's this mm -hmm. process of anointing, like this mantle yeah. of leadership. I look at the young kings over mm -hmm. and over again and they were anointed at a young age, David. Josiah mm -hmm. and others were anointed at a young age. Mike had talked about mm -hmm. Paul really fanning into flame Timothy's gift as a yep. leader. And so that's who we're talking Oh, for sure. To. Like Timothy, and I, I love Timothy and Paul's dynamic. I teach about it often to young leaders because Paul sends Timothy from a place of sonship. So in other uh, epistles in the New Testament, it says that Paul says it like this that I have no one like-minded who I can send to you, yeah. but Timothy, 
who has served me as a son in the gospel. And so Timothy's commissioning for his ministry, commissioning for what he's called to do comes from the posture of sonship, that he's actually served Paul like a son. And what I tell young leaders all the time is you cannot determine how you are led. Hmm. You determine how you follow though. So good. You determine your quality of sonship. You determine what that's like for you. You get to figure that out. Oh, cute girl. Oh yeah. I'm like, I get it. Um, and so the, the idea is that um, Timothy sets his heart to understand Paul. That's why Paul goes, there's no one like-minded. And, I, and here's the other thing that's so fascinating to me about uh, sonship and submitting yourself to leaders above you is uh, it's often talked about by the leaders, not by the people who are following. And so <laughs> it's like, there needs to be people's voices who are following going, hey, this is what it looks like when you actually follow well. This is what it looks like when you do that. Not just, hey, well, from leaders above you going, you need to submit or lead. But what I love about Jesus's dynamic with Mary is because young leaders will often say things like, my leaders just don't get me. They don't understand me. Uh, and Mary has this moment with Jesus and Jesus actually, it says that Mary doesn't know what's going on in the gospel. She's like, I don't, Mary didn't understand, but she took it in her heart and pondered it in her heart. And it said after that, Jesus submitted himself to Mary. Yeah. There's this idea that Mary didn't have the full understanding of Jesus's potential, the full understanding of what was going to go down and didn't full have full clarity on things, mm -hmm. but yet Jesus could still submit to Mary. And so you're not looking for your leaders to 1000% get you before you choose to come under leadership in your life. And so I think young leaders, it, unless they can do that with leaders, they're not, they're not going to have any authority of the people that they're, that they're over. You can't really okay. have authority over people if you're not under it. I love that. You can't choose how you are led, but you choose how you follow. And part of mm. following, like Chris, I, I just, I've been dying to ask you this question. I've been thrilled yeah. to ask you this question. And personally, <laughs> I love God's word. God's presence is my yeah. favorite place. And mm -hmm. yet I'm not satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I want to go deeper. And, and so what would you tell? Me too. <laughs> what would you tell like the listener, the learner, the, the leader who's young mm -hmm. and, and myself, what would you yeah. tell them about like, who's wanting to grow in intimacy with God? Mm -hmm. I mean, my gosh, for me, I would, if you want to grow in intimacy with God, the, the couple of things I would think about is, um, <laughs> all right let's talk about um knowing god and some of the some of these heart postures we need to have with knowing god some people will will think that their goal in knowing god is to be charged in the morning and then drained like a battery throughout the day and so they they actually go to god's presence to get their energy for their day and they end drained and they're thinking this is gonna, they say, they'll say things like, all right, I need to go get my fill up for the day. I need to get my fill up. And this is what I need to do to start my day because then I'll drain my whole day with all of the world's activities, all of the things. And, that, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually like, that's actually not the goal. That's I'll what coffee's for, Chris. That's what <laughs> yeah, coffee's yeah. for. I, just, I mean, I love coffee, so I'm with you. <laughs> and then coffee's God's juice. Um, yeah. so, 
the idea there is that you're not, that's not the goal in spending time with God. Right. And so right. you're not going to, he can fill you up so that your day can drain you and that you start your day full and then end your day empty. He's looking to recalibrate your soul so by his presence so that throughout your day, you also are recognizing of his presence. So in tune with him that you could discern his activities outside of your normal rhythms. Like the way that I would describe it is when Jesus heals the woman with the issue of blood, he wasn't intending to heal her. He wasn't on his way to heal her. That wasn't his game plan. That wasn't what he was set out to do. He was going to go heal Jairus's daughter. And as he's going, a woman presses through the crowd and pulls on him. And what it says describing this moment is Jesus knowing that power had gone out from him. Now, Jesus only did what he saw the father do. So what we think that means is Jesus only did what he got downloaded in the morning. Here's your eight steps you're going to do today, Jesus. And this is what you're going to do. But Jesus, if Jesus is only doing what he sees the father doing, as he says about himself, that means this initiative of this woman was somehow on the agenda of God, but Jesus didn't get that information until the moment happened. Whoa. That's good. And so what that means is that God, part of God's listening that he wants you to have is that you would be sensitive to his presence so much so that you would recognize divine initiatives that did not come out of your own unction, that, that didn't come out of your own directive, that you would recognize, whoa, this feels like my father. I need to pause. Something's yeah. happening. And so I think when we're trying to get deeper in intimacy with God, we're not looking for always more profound encounters in the set aside time as much as we're looking for a recalibration of our senses and our ability to recognize God and host him throughout our day. That's great. Not, not just go, okay, cool. Got my fill. Now my day is going to be really difficult and I got the juice to face it. No, we're going, no, how do I live with him on me around me and i'm aware of that so that every problem i go into i'm going into with him being present i am convinced people who are struggling with sin in certain areas are uh, especially like pornography have lost sight of god's presence because you would not do that with your mom or dad next to you true dang that's good like you would you wouldn't make a you wouldn't do half the bad things we feel convicted about if our mom and dad was present with us, even if you had a really unhealthy parent, you still would have a bit of a check to do some of the things that people do when no one's watching. And it's the, it's the lack of understanding mm -hmm. how real God is, mm -hmm. that he's actually right there with you. Jesus isn't your imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. And so it, he, he's actually a person there with you. And so when we become aware of that, we recognize his heart. So I think that's the first thing is like, all right, I'm not going to be fueled for my day. I'm going to be calibrated, enjoy him, delight in him, and go throughout my day connected to him. Um, the other thing I would say is you don't, you're not going to, the, to spend time with God or be with God to hold up your ministry. You're, you're not going there to sustain the platform God has given you. Does going there sustain the platform God has given you? Absolutely. But you're going to make sure your platform doesn't have a hold on you. That's really good. Mm -hmm. If you can't withdraw from the crowd, you're not able to minister to the crowd. Jesus would often do that. We would withdraw in the most heightened moment. And if, if he does not have the ability to withdraw from the crowd, then he's, he can't actually minister. They have too much of a hold on him. Mm -hmm. And so you're moving away to make sure your ministry isn't actually propped up by this thing and or like the, um, uh, the thing that is gripping you. 
So I think you're, you're recognizing I'm going to be with him so that my life is whole, that my whole life is whole, that I'm a good dad, that I'm a good spouse, that I'm a good friend, and that I'm, my ministry is flowing with life and power, all of those things, but not just so that you can maintain your ministry. That's good. Chris, you briefly touched on it, but I just wanted you to dive in a little deeper into the practice okay. of like being with Jesus. Like, yeah. what does that look like on a daily path to God's presence? Maybe take a look like at the spiritual level, the scriptural level, mm-hmm. but also the practical level. And you kind of maybe touched a little bit on all those, but is there mm-hmm. any way you want to dive in deeper with those? Yeah. So when Jesus has his disciples come to him and ask him, teach us how to pray, Jesus doesn't say it's talking to God. Jesus doesn't go, hey, it's just chatting. Yep, that's good. He says, he says, when you pray, pray like this. And he provides them a path of sorts, like a, a directional guide. And the interesting thing about the Lord's Prayer is you can't, it's a prayer that's not simply about you getting something. It's a prayer that's connected to who you're becoming. So Jesus says, our father. Well, you can't pray that as an orphan. Dang. You can't pray our father and say, I'm an orphan. You have to recognize I have a father. So prayer with God, spending time with God is about not just about you getting something. Most people know how to ask for stuff. That's not an issue. But they don't have a prayer life where they're becoming someone. Right. And and so throughout church history, there's been reliable, proven frameworks that help us train. And so when I use in the title of my book, The Practice of Being with Jesus, it's intentional because Paul uses that language in the New Testament to train yourself like a runner running a race. He tells uh, Timothy to train yourself in godliness and that you're supposed to have this level of like same kind of thinking as an athlete that trains themselves in these things. Because if I told you right now, simply go, um, you need to go run a marathon tomorrow. And if you went full sprint and tried to do that as hard as you possibly could, you would fail still. Your body would not make it. Yeah. But if you've been training and I said, hey, run a marathon tomorrow, you'd be able to do it. And training has a very different goal than simply going harder and trying harder. Training has the goal of progress Mm. And it's looking to structure your life for progress. It's not looking to structure your life as success or failure. And so it's looking to, so you're, you're, some people have this elusive, like, I need to spend an hour with God. Like, that's the goal, an hour. And I'm like, okay, you go spend an hour with God. And then you're angry 90, 90% of your day still. 23 other hours in the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're 23 other hours of the day, you're angry. But one hour, you were good. And so it's that whole thing of like, I go spend time with God. And then I just lose sight of him throughout my day. And so when I tell people like you're training, I'm not training them to get to an hour. I'm going, you're training and spending time with God so that you can be aware of his presence all day. Like that's what you're wanting. Not, all right, now I can spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours upon hours with God. So I think practically that is, um, that needs to be out of people's minds. They need to start smaller, simpler. I think they need to realize how approachable time with God is. Your new parents, it throws everything out the window. <laughs> All the things you used to do that used to scratch the ego, make us feel really good, uh, are gone. When, when, you know, when I remember I had my kid, I was like, oh my gosh, this, all the things that made me feel like I was a great Christian because I was spending so much time with God are just uh, like, I can't do them. 
And so, because I'm trying to care for a human. Uh, And so we have to change our paradigm on some of that because we're thinking, oh, the goal is to be like a monk and be 24 seven alone with God. That's not the goal. Um, Monks serve a purpose in the body of Christ, but not all of us are meant to be that. And so the idea now is that how do I spend 15 minutes or so with God? People are gonna be like, oh, I can't believe that. How could that satisfy you? 15 minutes. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't want to be, um, this is not the, maybe the best analogy, but it, it's something that will strike the senses to understand. Um, when you're married and you have sex, you're pretty satisfied after something that doesn't last hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And so there's a reality of going like, you're not looking for like, oh, I need hours to feel the satisfaction of being with someone intimately. When you're intimate with someone, you're not, you're, it doesn't mean you need to be hours with them in any way, like in any way possible. We're talking like coffee with your wife could be 15 minutes in your day. And it was the most meaningful connection that recalibrated your soul that all of a sudden you're like, wow, I feel so much peace after being with you. And then intimately in your marriage, you're like, wow, that was an experience, but not every day with you is that experience. Mm -hmm. When you're like, when you're intimate with your spouse, you're not doing that every single moment of every single day. No one's doing it every single moment of every single day, but that's a part of the journey. So I think we need to change how we see time with God. We, we only see mountaintops and then we go, that's what we want. I'm right. like, no, we're not looking for mountaintops. We're looking for devotion, not just like, not simply going, all right, I had the most radical, radical mountaintop moment of my life every single day. I'm like, it just doesn't happen that way. Well, I think sometimes, Chris, we forget like, yes, we should be reading the word of God and spending time with him. And there's that daily devotion. Mm -hmm. But it's also like laying down like our calendars of saying, hey, Lord, for the month of X, Y, and Z, like for the next three months, we're laying down our calendar and we're going to trust that you're going to show up. Hey, Lord, when I wake up in the morning, I'm inviting you in on my day. Interrupt me. Bring those um, random people into my life. Bring those conversations. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget that. A thousand percent. We have access to the Holy Spirit 24-7. Yep. Yep. And whether or not we're going to engage, whether mm-hmm. or not we're going to um, truly walk in that activation of the yeah. Holy Spirit, and whether or not we're going to invite them constantly, like, Truth. Oh, Lord, walking down the street, you, I have a word for this person. Now I'm just, yeah, exactly. should I hear it? Should I say it? Should I not do it? And then exactly. if I take it, yes, it was from God, or if I miss it, Lord, I've fallen short and I was disobedient. So I think mm-hmm. sometimes like yeah. we can't always have those extreme, mm-hmm. intimate, 15-minute you know, encounters, yep. but it's like, yep. okay, but we forget sometimes that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. dwells within us. We have the Father, yep. Son, Holy Spirit, and that's yeah. part of intimacy. Jesus too. said, Jesus said to the least of these you've done unto me. Right. Yes. So right. if I consider the only way in which I do deeper intimacy with God as spending alone time with God, I have, I don't have the full picture. It's not that I don't have right. an accurate picture. I just don't have the full picture. Right. And so I think we're, we're just recognizing it's not if or, but both and. And, so inviting yeah. him into every aspect of our being. Yeah. And, Chris, and Christian minute. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, go we've it. come to the part where we want to invite you into our five-minute little segment that we love. Okay. Look at five that. Okay. Are you okay. ready for that? Yeah, it's let's do five it. five questions in five minutes. We want to honor okay. your time. So you have 60 seconds per answer or less okay. if you choose. Okay. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, he is ready. Okay, want to kick us off, Josiah? Let's do that. For sure, for sure. And before we press like the Uh-oh. button to start us, I'll just add on like I think that what you both just spoke to speaks to me about the question: How do I connect Sunday church with Monday through Saturday living? Ooh, yeah. So many people are like wrestling with that paradigm of like, mm-hmm. okay, 
you know, my devotion life, it's, it's the battery thing that you talked yeah. about, Chris. And then, yeah. you they know, look for a devotion life, not a devoted life as Dallas Willard said. Right. And so I think that that will help us view even following Jesus mm-hmm. as a lifestyle mm-hmm. and not just yeah. like mm-hmm. something to attend on weekends. And so diving into question one, Sorry. getting to know okay. you, inviting you in Chris. Okay. If you could describe yourself in three words, any oh, three man. words, they could be any language, in fact, but okay. what would they be? Okay. Um, passionate, competitive, and creative. Ooh, Let's go very Let's nice. Go there. Very good. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Questions. Sounds good. I sound important that way now. Now I feel good. I'm going to go through yeah, it. feel better. But here's the next <laughs> question for you. I'm going to add on to that. Are there okay. any words you live by, Chris? Could be a Bible verse, could be a quote, could be a anthem, a song, who knows? You, it's your question. Words I live by. Um, um, I think there's a lot of words I live by, to be <laughs> honest. And so um, I would say in the season right now, it's, it's, it is, there is the like, all right, um, there's a couple in this season that are really ringing true to me. And um, I think one is like, am I showing up? Mm. Mm. Like, am, am I showing up truly, truly showing up? And then the other one is, is Jesus's words come to me. Am I, am I recognizing him inviting me to come to him? So I think sh- showing up, am I showing up? Yeah. I think is that what you mean? Is that what you mean? Or do you want? Totally. Oh, that's great. Those are amazing. And the other one is, do I have time to fish today? <laughs> oh, no, your hat says it all. Bass pro. Yeah. <laughs> I got during, during COVID, during COVID, I picked up fishing. So I'm, I'm hey. a little addicted right now. In our state, there are over 10,000 lakes. So here's an open hear invitation from the yeah. people, half of our people in Minnesota, yeah. <laughs> our tribe. Come on out. That's it. Go That's away. all I'm going to go from lake to lake. There you go. <laughs> so question three of five. If you mm-hmm. could ask us one question today, what would it be? It's the curve. If I, could, if I could ask you one question today, what would it be? Um... Do you uh, like what kind? Do you want it to be like a, a serious question, a fun one, or like? Um... Oh, it can be invasive. It can be real. It can be funny. It can be ministry. It can be family. Anything you got up your sleeve, man. Um. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> All right. The question would be because, and the the question is because I'm my wife and I are hosting a, a marriage workshop for for people with a a therapist and um uh counselor. And the thing we we do like every day is are we aware, are are you guys aware of what's uh, what's happening in you and what emotions are happening for you throughout your day? That would be my my question. Are you able to process all your emotions? I think that's my the question that's going through my head for most people right now in general is like are you are you processing all your emotions? Are you actually doing it? That's in general. That's such a deep question. I would <laughs> like do I know every emotion? No, but I will say that marriage has helped me become more aware. Because there's Amen. patterns, there's, there's literally patterns in my life that oh, I was yeah. completely oblivious to, unaware oh, yeah. for 25 like, years. Why was everybody so unkind to not tell me about these things? Uh, well, so my wife is like, I'm going to tell you about this big blind spot. It's, I well, love you, but. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just like, I think that she's helped me become so much more aware. And then we will process mm-hmm. together. And there's times yeah. where I'm like, I can't ask her why am I feeling this way? Or what yeah. am I feeling? But hey, yeah. can we talk about this? And yeah. then it like gets through the layers of the onion. That's just me. 
That's good. Yeah, I don't think anybody is has the mental capacity to literally process every emotion. I mean, mm. if you look at a baby's face of how they're looking, like yeah. they're crying, they're smiling, their their lips are quivering. They're, I mean, yeah. that, that's a lot of emotions for a baby's face to make in about five seconds. Yeah. That's sometimes yeah. how the human mind, brain, and body works. Yeah. So I would say, kind of like piggyback off Josiah, like I think marriage yeah. exposes those blind spots. Mm. But we've created a space where it's like, hey, we want to be a married couple that doesn't hold anything back, but also chooses a wise time to process together. Awesome. So if I see that Josiah is so off, good. I think Love it's it. my um, opportunity as a wife to say like, what's going on? Like, how mm. are you feeling? Or recognize, yeah. hey, you have a bad time. I'm going so to you to get together with the guys. So I think mm. the spouse's awesome. opportunity, I won't say job, I'd say opportunity yeah. to understand the natural rhythms of season, of weather season, but also personal relational yeah. seasons where it's like, we have a baby now, let's get a babysitter. Hey, yes. Amen. we haven't had a lot of alone time, so let's yes. take you to grandma for a couple hours, you know? Yes. So I think Amen. Those emotions that we're processing, I think are so good. So like baby, overwhelming, overjoyed. Yeah. Like yeah. on the blank. It's everything. You're like, oh Jesus, what did we just do? We're supposed to keep this kid alive for the next 18 years. That's our job. They're telling me they want to be up at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., 6 a.m. and play. Okay. So real. And so, not sleep. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm supposed to function still. And surrendering and surrendering those to God of like, Lord, why am I feeling anxious? Oh, I haven't exercised. So I think mm. really taking things to the Lord, but also taking them to the spouse saying, you know, how are yeah. we and what's going on? So well, marriage. So back to you, Chris. Okay. Before okay. Mike is gonna okay. here. here we go. Chris, what is the greatest challenge you are facing right now? You wanna be vulnerable to share with our audience and us the today. The greatest challenge I'm facing right now. Yeah. Um, I think probably one of the greatest challenges I'm facing right now has to do with what, what are we, what am like, what are we going to build here? Like, what are we creating? Like right now the world has changed so much and it seems like the canvas has become blank again and we're trying to figure out like, what are we going to make? Like, what, what are we, what are we building right now? Because it doesn't, it doesn't really seem like we're going to go back to something. So it's not like we're going, trying to figure out how do we go back to normal. We're trying to figure out what is our new world that we're going to create. And, right. and it feels very unknown and really unpredictable. It's, it's where a lot. That's a safe one. Oh, it's, it's, where, it's where we are. It's where everyone yeah. listening can relate 100%, 110%. And so kind of to close things out, Chris, the last question, mm -hmm. five of five, is and this one calls for the prophetic. This calls for like the prophetic edge for the podcast is like, if you were entering a room and the, the mm -hmm. audience was filled with college pastors, young adult ministry leaders and volunteers, and you were handed the microphone and you could speak into their life, what, mm -hmm. what fresh download would you have for them? Or what would you leave them with today? I would ask them, are they covering up their anxieties and their emotions with overwork? Mm. I, I think I would ask them the question. I feel like 
I would want them to sit down and be like, have you thought the way to beat your anxiety is by working harder and overworking versus dealing with it? That's great. I think it's always a good reminder to have that inward reflection of what's taking place and what totally. if, what am I masking and what am I afraid to deal with? Yeah, so for quick, sure. We are so incredibly grateful for you taking Yeah, it's fun. We are so thankful for the things that God has put before you that you were stewarding well. So we thank just want you. to say, Chris, thank you. What a great conversation we've had. Oh, thank you. Yes, of course. And you as a listener can find out more about Chris Cruz, his <laughs> latest book, and the Tribe Young Adults at Bethel Reading Church when you connect with us on our website at Young Adults awesome. Today, as well as our social media across all the platforms is at youngadults.today. Until next time, this is Micah and Josiah hosting Young Adults Today, and we are signing off. So thank you so much, Chris, Thanks so for much, joining guys. us. Yeah. Bless you guys. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.